بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا وما بعد my brothers and sisters Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created a rule and when I mean rule it's like a rule like gravity is a rule or thermodynamics is a rule or aerodynamics is a rule and so on which is what in these cases we call them laws of physics effectively they are laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whether it's physics or biology or what not and that rule is the rule of life and in life it is the rule of success and failure in life it's a very simple rule the rule is that success comes to those who engage in sustained intelligent effort over a period of time success comes to those who engage in sustained intelligent effort over a period of time right success does not come for example to people who engage in a lot of effort but it's there's no intelligence behind it there's no sense behind it there's no thinking behind it there's no strategy behind it they will fail no matter how hard they try no matter how long they do it they will fail also success does not come to people who have a great idea brilliant idea excellent idea but they don't stick with it long enough it's important to have the right idea it's important to make effort and it is important to make that effort sustained over a period of time if you want to hatch chickens you have to put the eggs either under a chicken or in an incubator at a certain temperature for 21 days i call that the process time if you remember some time ago i talked to you about the difference between process and goal right is process time 21 days supposing you say no 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 this is too long 21 days i can't wait i'm going to jack up the temperature in the uh, incubator you will get cooked eggs you will not get chickens right you will not get chickens there has to be 21 days at that temperature then they will create life without that the eggs will get cooked that's all right Now why am I saying this to you? Before I tell you why I'm saying this to you, let me tell you two real life case studies. One is the real life case study of South America, Brazil, Venezuela, Argentina, in some cases Chile. About 100, 150 years ago, many arabs from the middle east different countries went to the middle, went to these countries went to south america roughly 100 years ago sometimes maybe 120 something like this today if you go there there are masajid i'll tell you some stories and it's it's you know you laugh or cry depending on what you want to do one brother told me that they went to this masjid and uh, beautiful masjid big masjid 
and completely nobody is there. So they thought maybe nobody is there at this time of the day, maybe somebody will come later. So they went and there was a big, nice open veranda. So they camped there. This whole Jamaat went, so they camped there. Whole day passed, nobody. Maghrib time, one of them said, Amir said, go call the other one. So one of them stood up on the thing and the, the, the minar, the big minar. So they climbed up on top of that thing. And they called the other and then suddenly they found two or three people came running. Right? Elderly people, they came running. So they said, who are you? What is this? They said, we are so-and-so, we have come from this country and uh, we called Yadan. He said, subhanAllah. One of them said, I am now 80 years old. He said, I have not heard this sound in practically my whole life. So they said, what do you do in this masjid? He said, nothing. And they said, as they were talking, suddenly a whole bunch of youngsters came with the speakers, music system, Girls in uh, miniskirts. I said, what is going on? They said, no, we're having a party. A nice place for a party. Hmm? They walked in the city trying to find people. So they, they, they don't know anybody there, right? So they go through the telephone book, the directory. They look for Muhammad or Ahmad or some name like this and they found... They walk through, the, they find this man, and this is in Brazil, where right? it's a you know tropical kind of thing, hot place. There's this guy sitting on the pavement, uh, just is only in shorts. That's it. He's got nothing on top, which is how most of them live anyway, because it's very hot, so they, they don't wear any clothes. So this guy wearing shorts. They got talking to him. He was very polite, very nice, very sweet. It turned out he was 85 years old. And when, he, when these guys talked to him, he had tears in his eyes. He said, come, he caught over one of them, he take, took them to home, which was nearby. He showed them photos on the wall, all whole bunch of photographs. He said, this is all my family. He said, where are they? He said, all over the place. So my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren. And then he said, not one single of them is a Muslim. Said nobody. And this is not because anybody forcibly converted them, believe me. There's no forcible. It's a beautiful place and nobody bothers you. You can do what you want. You walk around naked, nobody cares. Every single one of them is gone from Islam. Nobody there. This man showed he had a musalla, a battered, ragged musalla in his house, Sajjada. He said, sometimes I pray. He said, I've also forgotten most of the stuff I didn't know. He had a old Musaf Quran, which he maybe reads, doesn't read. Gone. In a hundred years, not one Muslim left. Second true story. South Africa. Muslims were taken to South Africa. Some went as bonded laborers. Some went as traders. 300 years ago. Not 100. 300 years ago. White apartheid government. Racist like hell. Today, 
and you don't have to take my word for it go to south africa go to south africa in ramadan go to one of the big masajid at tarawi time try to stand in the first saf they will ask you are you hafiz you say no they said go to the second saf I said why he said because the first saf is for hafiz whole saf one of my friends who is a hafiz he tell <laughs> funny thing before he begins salah he turns around he tells them i need to breathe so i said what is this i mean the imam is saying i need to breathe i mean obviously we know he needs to breathe so after the salah i asked him what did you ask he said because if i just stop to breathe they will give me luqma they will prompt me he said they won't even let me breathe he said if i if i stop to breathe somebody will prompt me i said he said i don't need the prompt i know the <laughs> i know the quran just give me some time for god sake you know whole first of 300 years the whole first saf is muslims <coughs> you go to any top business in south africa i'll show you photographs you'll be surprised one of my friend ismail wadi you look at him he looks like the sheikh of haram mashallah may allah save him from all all evil he was the minister of inland security top government position big business people academicians in universities men big beards most wear thobes and head is covered caps women in hijab huge masajid some of them have two jumas three jumas hey how many what is the percentage of muslims in south africa 2% less than 2% it's not because of large number of people it's because of one thing you know what that is the maktab system after school system the maktab system 2 hours a day 4 days a week so you ask me well what about my child he has to go for basketball the other, the other one has to go for soccer the other one has to go for cricket someone is going gymnastics someone is going to the gym no problem you go after the maktab the only way you don't go to the maktab is if you died then we do janaza for you next morning That's it. Non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. Three hundred years, Islam is strong. You, I, I mean, I know three, four generations of people in South Africa. You ask the older ones, how did you feel when you went to the mosque? He was like, why did you go? I had no choice. If I didn't go, my mom wouldn't feed me. Simple. What do you think now? He said, "Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah." I make du'a for my parents in tahajjud, in sujood every day. You think it happens by magic? Hey, tell me how many of you sitting here? And I'm asking the question to all the people. This goes to this goes all over the world. Alhamdulillah. How many of you? I mean, I know it's a bloody, stupid, dumb question, but I'm going to ask you anyway. 
how many of you would like to have your children making dua for you in tahajjud every single day after you are dead how many of you eh? i know i told i told you it's a dumb question right i'm going to ask you anyway how many of you want that how many of you let me ask the opposite question how many of you say i don't care let my children forget me i don't need them i don't need dua in tahajjud anybody so my question my simple question my brothers and sisters do you think this is magic do you think it'll just happen like that that's why i began where did i begin i said allah has a rule what is the rule results come from sustained effort over a period of time yeah umar and i were talking about this when we were going to new jersey right sustained effort over time there's no mystery the one who does it gets it the one who doesn't do it doesn't get it and believe me this has nothing to do even with your islam it doesn't matter you're muslim not muslim this is allah's law this is allah's law. anybody who makes sustained intelligent effort over a period of time will be successful in what they are doing it makes no difference whether you are a muslim or a non muslim you will be successful if you are doing that the whole world around you and me is witness to this fact who are the people running the most the most powerful corporations in the world companies whose gdp is more than the whose uh, turnover is more than the gdp of countries they are not muslim but they are people who made intelligent effort sustained intelligent effort over a period of time right you want to curse elon musk please go ahead be my guest but before you open your mouth get yourself 200 million dollars then we'll talk right then we'll talk you think that is magic right ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalalu to open our eyes to this beautiful world and all the opportunities that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created for us we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enable us to leverage those opportunities and to make the best of it so that we can you know the the, the saddest word is in the quran i want to end, end with this you know the saddest phrase in the quran absolutely terrible terrible sad phrase you know what that is ya laytani wa yaqulu alkafiru ya laytani kuntu turaba if only ya laytani woe to me if only you know why is that sad because the time has gone the time is gone after that you stand on your head nothing will happen because the door is shut the 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 usual rule in life is as you grow older more and more doors shut unless you know how to keep them open but for the young people believe me all doors are open you just have to choose man ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث اصلح لنا شرنا كل لا اله الا انت يا رب يا كريم يا رحيم يا ارحم الراحمين وصلى الله على نبينا الكريم وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين برحمتك يا رب